The Yes Day Inclusion Podcast is a solutions-based platform where we discuss the how-to-say-yes side of including all persons in everyday activities and situations. Our ultimate goal is to improve the lives of children and adults with disabilities by sharing stories and perspectives. These are your hosts, Laura Wingler and Kirby Morgan, and it's time to say yes to inclusion today. Please remember that all the opinions you hear on our show, whether from our hosts or guests, are their own. They don't represent anyone else's views or endorsements. So listen in for fun and learning, or remember, it's all up to you how you use it. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on this adventure. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Yes Day Inclusion Podcast. I am Laura Wingler. And I am Kirby Morgan. And today we have a guest with us, Laura Simzik. Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's so great to be here. Um, can you just tell us like a little snip about yourself, where you're from, um, about your children, if you have them, which I know you do. So about your children. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, I live in Arizona. Um, I've been married for 29 years. We have three kids. My oldest, Aubrey, is 24. My middle kid, Michael, is 18. And my youngest, Olivia, is 14. Olivia has autism and sensory processing disorder and suffers from anxiety. And my son has ADHD. Awesome. I think we are just going to continue our chat on standardized testing. Um, Before we got on, Laura was saying that she went onto the school's website just to... No, I went on the state's website, the New Jersey website. (laughs) Laura went onto the state's website just to like check out what it was on this test. And what did you find, Laura? Yeah, I was on the New Jersey website for the NJSLA and I'm looking under third grade because my daughter is taking her first test next week. And I'm noticing that there are definitely some concepts, especially in ELA, that I know she hasn't learned. And not, and I'm not, I want to make it clear, like I'm not saying like that is anybody's fault. Like I just know like they didn't get to that yet. Like there's just things on that test that they didn't do yet. And that I know she's going to learn that I, I just, cause I do her homework. I see the work that comes home and I'm like, this is interesting. This, this was not covered yet, but you're going to test her on it next week. So that, that's just another point where I'm like, we're going to assess kids, use data against things they haven't learned. Why? Yeah. It's like sending you out into the construction field and telling you to drive the Bobcat and start like, pick hauling things like that's not gonna work in real that that's just not practical yeah and it doesn't help with their self-esteem either because now you're they're already up you know nervous about having to take the test and now they're looking at things that they've never seen and it you know they're feeling feeling like maybe they're gonna fail and that's just really hard i don't understand that concept at all i really don't i don't either how is standardized testing over in Arizona? What does that look like? I mean, it's it's pretty much the same thing. They, they pretty much teach to the test here. It, it's very heavily put into the rotation of things that they do all year, which is a shame. 
because, you know, I feel like they need to be able to be more open-minded and to be able to have more of a back and forth, but everything is so strict to this test all of the time. Um, and it's hard. And especially my son with ADHD, I mean, that's been hard for him, even with accommodations, quote unquote, which again, almost makes it worse sometimes because you're almost singling them out. It's just really hard. And, um, and I don't think that it's an accurate view of what he can do or what many of them can do. Olivia is, she's pretty much, um, she doesn't have to take most of the tests. She had to take one test this year because she's going into high school, I guess, to prove that she, even though all the other testing that she does, the MET evaluations and all of that shows that she has a disability and all of that. But um, I guess they, they had to go ahead and give her this one on math and reading um, just to prove where she's at, which I'm, I know that didn't go well. She was anxious all day. Oh, I can imagine, especially because my son like will say things and do things that I never knew he could do randomly at his on his own timetable, and it, and I couldn't imagine um, the pressure they feel, especially like I know their accommodations are you know a private room for testing. There's all kinds of accommodations that they could have. But you're right. It is like if you have those accommodations, you're singling the student or the child out. And I know Laura works in the college uh, field. And I like how I love how she as a teacher, if somebody needs an accommodation, she usually just allows the classroom to have like, right, Laura, you just like let everyone you just like if somebody needed a little bit more testing time, you just let everyone have a little bit more testing time. Yeah, I do universal design. I give it to everybody, but I don't really have any situations where like things are timed. So like that's, it'll just usually be if somebody needs um, transcripts or different versions of things, I just give them to everybody because like it can't hurt. Oh, you know, that's it helps cool. everybody learn. But I have, I have a friend that was texting me the other day about their child was doing their testing. The, I guess in a, every school is doing them at different times. So her child was already doing it in their school district. And she was upset because she had said that he has these accommodations where he goes to a small setting, gets extra time. And she's like, what do I do? Apparently my child finished the test in 10 minutes. She was like, what the heck? And then he submitted it himself without help. And then they, it was locked, it was locked out. And she was like, I mean, it's concerning. Cause you're like, Whoa, like that's not good. And, and it, you know, you don't know if, you don't know if that situation, like if it can impact things like that child's like in a gifted program, like if those tests come back bad, what does that mean? Well, you know, when you're trying to advocate for things like that. And it's just, it was just like, whoa, <laughs> wow. like, what, like, how much assistance do you need? Time, like, how do you manage that? Time. That automatically, Laura, makes me think to Jackson because a lot of the take home stuff that he brings home it's either like he gets a hundred percent or it's like a 60 and i'm like what is the deal here and he the deal is they race they these third graders they sit there these boys and they race to see who can get their work done quickest so that automatically made me think 
he's in that room and he's like boop, 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 done click i won i i, I slayed this i won <laughs> yep yeah that's like that's my worry with my daughter is she can read something and she can talk about it at length but when it comes down to writing it she's got to write about it you're getting a sentence if you're lucky because she doesn't like writing writing like it physically she doesn't like doing it and she rushes through it but if you actually sit there and talk talk to her about it it's all there and i think my biggest concern with these tests are you're not getting accurate data because you're measuring in one modality if you're i would be more apt to buy into these tests if they would let a student okay you, you don't want to write audio respond to the prompt like be oh, able yeah. to talk about it then because if the knowledge is there the knowledge is there does it doesn't matter which modality you're getting in this world with technology doesn't matter absolutely people on i've seen um a video of i think i've seen a couple at this point where uh at graduation commencement speeches on aac devices we need to be opening our eyes because there these kids have so much inside of their brains that if we opened uh the modalities to typing audio response uh tell someone you know what i mean if they had yeah. someone to tell and then they put in the answer versus making them write the essay or whatever uh they're testing at the time i think it would make a world of difference too and i would maybe buy into it a little bit more because it, there's no way it can be accurate like with just click one way to respond are you click this or you back in my time it was all scantron so it was like bubble yeah, sheets i think it's called computerized now too but it's oh. still the it's still like the same concept you're just answering a question with it's a letter like multiple choice or whatever it's yeah oh. and they put so much emphasis on it that by the time the kids get there they're just so nervous and they're so like my son again he has adhd and so when he sees when you present things in front of him he just sees everything as a whole like this whole big test and it's all in front of him and it means everything and his mind just it clicks off because he can't when he was younger i remember having to give him he would bring home just regular homework and let's say he missed a day he was sick and he would bring home his homework I had to give him one paper at a time because if you handed him the whole packet, that was it. He was gone. Mine shut off. He couldn't do it. And so you can imagine the buildup over these tests all year long. These poor kids, I just don't know. On our last episode, Kirby and I were talking about how I used to fall asleep. Like even as an adult, when I took the LSAT, I just fell asleep. Like I don't know what it is about these tests. I literally just fall asleep. Like, I don't mean to fall asleep. I'll just start, I'll start doing it. And then all of a sudden, the next thing I know, I'm sleeping. Yeah. And they're waking me up. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. This is an important test. You're going to need to wake up. It started when I was a kid. I, I can't explain it. It's just, it's so strange. I just fall asleep. Well, they make it such like a sterile environment. It's quiet and it's, and everybody's, just, it's so intense. And, you know, I can imagine you're just kind of, I don't know. 
I don't know, boxed in. And <laughs> what makes me sad is ours is next week. And here it's also New Jersey. It's like teacher appreciation week. And I'm like, what a way to show your teachers you appreciate them by making them proctor standardized tests, which are like the bane of all of our existences. Yeah, no, I mean, but still, like, I couldn't imagine, like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, the fun week, and now I gotta, like, lock down and do tests. Everybody, prepare for your standardized testing, I'm your proctor, and it's like, you go from teacher mode to, like, because these tests are serious, and they all have these rules, you gotta read them, you gotta time them, pencils down, or, or mouth, no, I guess. I don't even know what the, what the term is now, because it's on the computer. Like, what do you say? Like, uh, hands away fingers from up, like, hands up, like, what do you say? Hands in the air? I don't know. <laughs> like, you're getting arrested? Like, what? Oh my God. I have no idea. Like, on the cooking shows, when the people are done, like, knives down, you get it in the pit. So, I don't oh know God. what they say. I'm going to have to ask my kid next week, like, what, what the protocol how is. How do they end it? Tell us how they end it. Yeah, how do they end it? Because it's bad enough that she recites the whole Alice procedure. She knows the whole thing. She goes through the whole thing. I don't want her to be like, put your hands in the air. <laughs> <sighs> She'll probably just come naturally and tell you. Carter's <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm dreading it. I'm not a fan. I know. And in your state, Laura, are you able, is your, are you able to opt out? I was able to opt out for Olivia. Yes. Um, and so we did that some years ago. Yeah. Because there was just no point. I mean, at that point we couldn't even get her to sit still for two minutes, let alone, get on a computer and do a test. I mean, lots of head banging and self-harming and it just wasn't worth it. And what did it measure anyway for those students? It's like, well, if you weren't exposed to the information, how are you, why are you being tested on it? That's my whole, that's my whole thing, especially in, in special ed. If you're not being exposed to the information, <laughs> the whole point of an assessment is to measure learning. If you haven't learned something, you can't measure it. And it's just, well, apparently they can, Laura. I feel for the kids, the build, like, I, I, I want, like, I wonder, is there, like, I don't remember, because, like, it was so much, like, towards the end of the year that um, once the test was over, it was, like, then school was fun again, but, like, what a relief these kids are going to feel next week. Like when this is all over, like do like, and then do you just teach regular for the last month of school? Like you didn't just teach for a test for the whole year. Like, how does it work? I think they just coast through. Yeah. I think after that, it's just like, okay, there's a couple. No, weeks no. Left. I think like for my kid, there's those topics at the end that they haven't covered yet. I think they're going to have to cover them. It's unfortunate too. When I went through the list of topics for third grade, it's still mind blowing to me. I'm like, wow, like I didn't do any of this to like fourth and fifth grade. This is like ridiculous. Like I was not doing division in third grade. Yeah, they expect or algebraic thinking. Like algebraic thinking. Like what is algebraic thinking? It's silly. I don't know, but if you want me to do algebra, we got problems. 
Because yeah. if I can't do it on my calculator that's on this phone, we have issues because... Actually, you know what's funny? It's my daughter has an accommodation I noticed on her IEP. She has access to a calculator. And I'm just thinking... I'm not sure she's ever used a calculator. Yeah, I'm not sure. sure. Like, what? Why? I mean, maybe that's something we do this weekend. We learn how to use a calculator. I don't know. Well, I know with my oldest daughter, um, she was in all the advanced classes and all of that. She surpassed me years ago. Um, <laughs> and I had, I remember when she was in high school, I had to buy the hundred dollar calculator for her advanced classes. I'm like, well, that's the only thing. And I told her and my son, that's the only thing I cannot help you with math. I can help you with anything else. And I'm so sorry, but please don't come to me for math help because I cannot help in any way. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. We can't help our kids with math. Last year, my daughter was doing some kind of, was like three number addition. And she, you know, you know how you like you carry the ones. Well, I don't know what they call it now. She was talking about an attic and put, and I'm just like, she's what? going on and on about an attic and a basement. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then she's drawing boxes, and I just put the pencil down, and I wrote a note to her teacher, and I just said, I'm gonna do a lot of damage here, because I'm not quite sure like we're speaking the same language, and me showing her how to do it the old way is probably going to not help her especially when we get to these tests because that's not how you do math anymore no there's a whole new way you do math like grouping by tens it's super weird and jackson tried to explain it to me and after five minutes and i was like all right jacks i think um you're gonna go explain this to your dad like because yeah they it's not the same anymore it's not it's the same. Really the same. Math, the answer is the same. The answer is the same, but the <laughs> no, way that you want the kids to do it and write it out is not the same. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to get you a bad grade because you're not going to, I'm not going to group by 10. I'm just going to do it up and down the way I've been taught, you know? Yep. Yeah. Because that's the thing. They grade now on how you got your answer. Not, not if it's not just if it's right, but did you do it? The, and it was like, I can't teach you this, you know? So my, <laughs> my favorite is my daughter's answer. Cause you know how they'll say, show, how did you get this answer? Cause now like they're putting all these, they're putting writing into math where they want you to explain how you got their like little prompts. Like, how did you get your answer? And my daughter, the answer she writes, not just, I don't correct it. Cause it's oh my gosh, I can't I'm smart because I'm smart or because <laughs> I know, or, you know, in my head, like she'll just write these like, snarky little answer i know i'm just like you know what it's fine i'm glad it's so true how did you get the answer with my brain like i mean i figured it out (laughs) why do you care it's right (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah i just wish we would uh focus more on seeing the child for who they are and what they know in a different way. And we could measure that throughout the year with data. Then you send that data to the state and then they do something with it. I I just wish there was a way that that could be the normal. And we trust our teachers to say, okay, this kid's having a little bit of a struggle. They need some extra help because like last week we talked about it's not easy to keep your uh teaching license and your credentials you have to uh 
you know, be diligent about it. And I think we should start letting these teachers who grew, like, I have a friend in, if, I mean, who's in South Florida, she was a teacher, and she um, now is an assistant principal, and she's so creative, and she is just so, um, she loves, she's always wanted to be a teacher since, like, we were children, like, in third grade. She's dreamed of being a teacher. She loved being a teacher, and she is so good at it, and now she's an assistant principal, and if we could just trust these people, because the people in these classrooms, they want to be there, trust me, because nobody does the job that they do. They don't want to be there, um, especially keeping their credentials. And she could easily uh, uh, be able to manage. So I think we like we're just like it's kind of like a slap in the face to teachers sometimes. Hundred percent. See, we don't have tests like this in college. It's like silly. So I think it's silly because it's just like if it's like it's almost like it's like widely accepted. Everyone's at a different level, especially with returning students. You have adults. It's just like, and the the dynamics are always changing with with the types of students there are, and every institution is so different. You can't you can't expect them all to be on the same level too because you have people who have like twenty years work experience, then you have people who've never had a job. And I feel like if we're doing these standardized testing to get into college and prepare for college, then how does this help if you get there and then there are none? Yeah. You just, and a lot of colleges, you don't need them anymore to get into. No, you do not. Thank God. So you don't need to take your uh, uh, SAT, uh, uh, ACT like that's not necessary anymore they look at your port like a portfolio yeah of your grades and things and so I just don't understand like what's the point at this point like what what are you we're teaching them to take these tests they get into college they take the test they get into college they get there and then never take one again so what was the point I mean, of there, okay so there's definitely there's definitely ones that are out there that are I'm not sure how you could get rid of like the MCAT or I can understand why the LSAT exists like there's certain the ones for like graduate school and medical school and law school, I can understand some of those I can understand passing a test to get a, a certain a certification um, right. to a point I mean I don't know yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. Of, there's plenty of people that fail those tests, and they're like amazing at their job. So, but then it's yeah. like, do you? I don't know. Do you want a doctor like cutting you open who couldn't pass their their licensing exam? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. I don't, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, right? That know. is true. But, those, but I think those are different. different a little bit. I think that that if you're going in that direction, that's when you prepare for that test. Like when you're like preparing for medical school, like or to get into law school, like things like that. Honestly, even the LSAT, like I get it. I took it. Um, but um, I think the bar is the most important. Like what you learned in the uh, a law school is more important than the test. You, like if you get to law school, let, I'll let you know. It's a lot of reading. It's so much reading that if you get to the point to take the actual bar, like, that's the test that matters 
for for me when we're talking law but no i see like no i would want my doctor to be like make sure he knows like what artery is the right artery yeah which one can you (laughs) can you read a diagram are you going to remove the left arm instead of the right arm like those are important things yeah Um, those are the tests that you take right before you get into practicing medicine or practicing law are we preparing do we need to prepare kids for that from grade three on no like, no no because how many kids are going to end up being doctors like and lawyers i'm pretty sure in the future we're gonna have a shortage of doctors well and how many kids change their minds too yeah. you can be in college and you change your mind 15 times about what you want to do or you come out and you don't end up doing what you went to college for anyway a lot of them and so i don't know it's it's just a lot and it's a lot of pressure that they put on them to go into college and then you're taking another how many years of math and of english and so i just don't feel like the pressure has to be quite there in high school i don't know i've never used algebra in my real life like i've never been like hold on everyone time out i'm gonna rename our podcast just by the way it's gonna just be called we hate algebra (laughs) yeah hold on i need to get my paper out and do an algebraic equation to help you solve this problem time out just give me a second oh you're having when you're an advocate right you're advocating for families like oh the iep meeting let's turn this into an algebraic equation to solve for x like no yes okay if we get to x we all agree okay great hold get me my paper like it's insanity almost definitely no and it's funny all of our guests that we have laura seem to like love math as much as you oh it's the worst it's the worst i'm terrible at it it's the worst so um i'm just hoping all the students this year i'm sending them all the good juju vibes for these standardized tests that they're forced to take and for the teachers that have to teach around them this week next week if they've already done it i celebrate you for surviving (laughs) um i thank you for uh your patience and i really truly hope that it doesn't like i felt like the way like i think i talked a little bit last about this last week but the, the way i was taught so heavily to take the test i really felt like the teachers great like were like the teachers uh were evaluated on the way that we did like it was so important and it was so mm-hmm. ingrained like i literally the fcas what it was called i will never never forget like like i'm traumatized from it like i have dreams about the fcas so i really hope that that it doesn't affect teachers in that way and that teachers aren't held responsible for especially now in covid do are we do the standardized testing take into consideration the uh the how behind social and emotionally these kids are from covid i don't think they're taking that into consideration that's more important than how well here this is where it's subjective for me because i i'm kind of like the learning loss thing i gotta it's like i'm kind of sick of listening to it because Guys, if there are two grade levels above where we were at their age, they didn't lose anything 
except their freaking childhood here. Okay, so it's the social emotional learning piece here where if they're emotionally still having issues from COVID, which I think so many of us are, I include myself in that. I still have, I'm still not, I don't feel like 100%. I, don't, I think I'll never feel like I felt the day, you know, before that happened. But it's just, I'm just so sick of hearing about they're not on target. I'm like, on target for what? Why don't you go back to having realistic, developmentally appropriate expectations? And then they're all on target just fine. And then we can address the actual big elephant in the room, which is they're acting out and they're they're doing what they could do as children to rebel against this insanity because it's insanity. But that's just my own personal view on, on it. Because I don't, I don't, I, I scoffed at the math yesterday, and I was looking at what the what she should be doing in third grade. And I'm just like, I did this in like fourth or fifth grade. This is ridiculous. Like, I don't know. For me, and this, I think I've said this earlier in in our podcast. I am a millennial. I was born in '85. My generation is the most educated generation of all time. Whatever the hell happened with our generation wasn't broken. Because right. we all went to college. I mean, we're all in debt, but we all went to college. We all have, we're, we did fine. Like we did well. We hit, we were like, when we went to the job market, you know, job market, it was a recession, which kind of sucked. But right. we are like the most educated generation, which is the mo- what you, what you want, right? That's right. the goal. So why mess with, why do you want to burn these kids out before their 18th birthday? That Do you think they're going to go? on from there if they're burned out yeah it's it's crazy yeah it's the expectations are just crazy and i think you're absolutely right it was what they were doing before was fine i don't understand why they had to to make it all about this they didn't have to they just did well we're, we're competing with countries like china where child suicide is like the highest in the world like is that is that the mental health there, if you looked at their, at their mental health on what they deal with, is that the goal? Is that our goal? Because that's what's going to happen. And for me, I, I want my kids to be emotionally sound and happy before I'm going to really care about you doing algebra in third grade. Well, I'll tell you, my oldest daughter was in the IB program and it was rough. I mean, she was smart enough to be there. Uh, most of those kids are. That's why they make it in. But the pressure is unreal. And the, and the mental health aspect of it was unlike anything I had ever seen. I would have to say that if I had to do it all over again, that's one of my worst regrets was um, having her go into that program because it was so competitive and it was just, and that's all they cared about. That's all they cared about. If those kids had a problem, it was, you need to work harder. You just need to work harder. You need to work longer. The amounts of homework that they had, it was crazy. I like, I kind of, our our older kid, we had some like disagreements about him being in like AP courses. And I wound up sending him to community college, like while he's in high school, taking classes. And I feel like the pressure is not as intense as it would be. He's actually enjoying it and he's doing well with it and he's enjoying what he's learning. And it's not also focused on some stupid test at the end. Um, It's, you know, cumulative of going through the course and learning and demonstrating through various types of assessments. And I I just, now I kind of, for me, I look back because I was pretty pissed that like 
he wasn't really offered the opportunity to do a lot of honors in AP. And I was pretty like annoyed because I'm like, well, you're ruining, you're ruining college for my kid. Like you're making it so that he's not going to get into, like he's going to have a hard time getting into a university. And, um, and now I'm kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of working out better because we have all these real credits that are yes. transferable and he doesn't have the stress and the anxiety and all. And he's seeing what real college is about. Like yeah, he's how in the, real college he's in life college is. with adults and his peers in the classes are adults. It's not dealing with teachers and bathroom passes and all this nonsense. So mm -hmm. like, I feel like it's given him like just a, like a much better edge. Oh, I agree. If we could have done it all over again, trust me, that is the road that we would have taken um, for her. I feel like we did her a disservice. And um, she definitely had some mental health issues as a result of it. Um, she was always a little bit on the anxious side anyway, perfectionist, you know, and it was that was really hard. And I, I do wish we would have went that way, because in, if you think about it, it makes more sense. Like you said, they're in a college setting. They're, they're earning college credits that way. It, it just makes so much more sense. It was just senseless to do it the way we did it. Yeah, I know. It's funny. Even for senior year, they finally, they're like, oh, does he want to take AP English? I'm like, no, he's going to just take regular English. And he's going to take college English at the college and get credit for it there. Right. Um, that just, I, for us, that's the better, that's the better fit for us. I mean, everyone can do what they want to do for me. For me, I laugh because I'm like, what what does the AP test for English look like? Like, what is that? I don't know. Mine were hard. Mine were very hard. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather see him write an actual a bunch of actual college papers in a college thing to say he can do it rather than be take a Yes, and let me tell you, it was a disservice because I wrote that five paragraph essays that you love, Laura, in those AP classes. And that's the only way I got A's, okay. If I didn't do it in that format, I did not get an A, okay? And I was, like, one of those people, like, Laura's daughter, who I had a brother with dyslexia. So my parents were always, you know, so busy with him. I put the pressure on myself because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be, like, you know, add to their, you know, the stress and all the things because it was hard enough with my brother. I saw it. So it was like, I'm just going to get do my homework. I'm going to get good grades. I'm going to, and I made, I put that on myself though, but I have to tell you, if I didn't do that five paragraph essay, the way that they wanted it structured with an opening, a closing, mm -hmm. like that I wouldn't, and in a college setting, I, I would have been taught that a lot sooner how to actually write properly. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you have to write for little test boxes and easy to read formatted i'm not I, gonna go I, i'm not I, gonna do it i'm not gonna go on my rant yes i like cringe with the way people teach writing it it's so funny too i used to get so insulted when i did my other master's degree last year because every professor was like you're such a good writer and i'd be like i hope so because <laughs> like sometimes i feel like they're insinuating that like it was too good and they were suspicious and i'm like i don't know i should be like i hope so that's funny <laughs> But anyways, to wrap up, do you have any advice, Laura, for a parent out there that is, you know, experiencing these standardized testing for the first time from a, from a mom's I perspective? I don't know. I, I just, just 
take a breath and know your child and talk to them about it. Talk to them about how they're feeling and, and advocate for that. Advocate for that. If, if you're in a position like we are with Olivia, where you can opt out and you feel like that's your, if they'll allow that and that that's your best option, then don't hesitate to do that. Ask for the accommodations. Um, although sometimes they, they can hinder more than they help, but, but listen to your child and, and just try to advocate forward for the best that they can get. And I'm going to add to that. If your child doesn't do well in that, on those tests, don't let them use it against your child. Yes. Do what I do. Go on the website, keep a list of topics that your child didn't learn yet. So when you get the test results, you can be like, well, hold on, hold the phone. We didn't learn these things before May 8th. So. Right. We're going to remove that data from this equation if we're going to put it there. I love it. I'm not saying this approach works. I haven't done it yet. And I'm hoping I don't need to, but. Sounds I good. I will. <laughs> you know she will, though. I, I know she will, at least. <laughs> and anybody that listens to this podcast knows she will. <laughs> <laughs> I know anybody that deals with me as a, a school setting knows I will. So, anyways, Lord, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Can you just like uh, really fast tell everyone your page? Because I know you just recently started blogging and you're an uh, excellent writer. I know you just got published on a site, Love What Matters. So congratulations. Oh my God, that's exciting. Congratulations. They're hard to get published by. So that's a big accomplishment. Yeah, I was surprised. I When I saw it, I was like, oh, I was so excited. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm on Facebook on Olivia's Extraordinary Journey. And I'm also on Instagram, um, Olivia's um, underscore Extraordinary Journey. Awesome. Well, thank you again for being here. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was great. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Yes Day Inclusion Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please come and find us on Facebook or leave us a message on Spotify.